This is episode 86 of the Q&A podcast. My name is Anthony. Sitting next to me as always is my pal DeQuincy. Three guesses what we're talking about today. I'll say it again. Woo! That's right. The Houston Astros for your 2017, or our 2017 World Series champions. Feels so good. Just say that one more time. It feels so good for myself. Woo! Oh, wait. I mean... Our Houston Astros. Either one. It feels great. 2017 World Series champions. If you could tell, maybe listening to this later on, whoever's listening, if you've listened to our other episodes, maybe my voice sounds a little different than usual. Maybe it sounds a little <coughs> worse than usual. It's because I've been, I've lost my voice since Tuesday. I went to the watch party at Minute Maid Park for game six. Let it all loose because I really, really wanted us to win that game. <laughs> Didn't want to go back to Minute Maid on Wednesday for another watch party. Went wild and crazy. Lost my voice. Sure, we lost game six, which is fine. Game seven, I showed up. Gave it everything I could. Still didn't have much of a voice. My cheers on Tuesday went from very masculine to not so masculine on Wednesday, but I still cheer my, my heart out. <clears throat> Game seven. My favorite part of the story is listening to you uh, say how much you believe the Astros were going to win game six <laughs> and didn't win a game seven. And the entire time um, during game, the day of game six at work, I told uh, one of my coworkers, I was like, I'm, it's going to a game seven. I'm not even worried about tonight. <laughs> and then later tonight during the game while they were losing in about the sixth inning, uh, sixth or seventh inning, I'm hitting the bed. My girlfriend's like, they still have a chance they can come back. And I looked at her. I told, told her, I know you're from Seattle. You don't <laughs> understand how Houston sports work. There's not a team in Houston history that takes it easy on the city of Houston. Well, Everything has to be difficult. The 94-95 Rockets took it easy. They swept the Magic. Was that the team that started off in... Uh, no, the second year. The second yes, the, yeah, the second championship where they were the sixth seed. Okay, true. Okay. <laughs> now I see what you mean. <clears throat> you know... It's never easy. That's why I was... I'm, I'm shocked that you would admit that you were... <laughs> That you were so positive and so ready for Game Six that you thought the Astros were going to win because I knew in my heart of hearts and my soul that this was going seven. I was so confident that I did not sign up for vouchers for Game Seven, which of course were passed out, sold out, whatever you want to call it. The I had to buy vouchers for the watch party at Midway, right? Yeah, I had to buy a voucher on Craigslist for twenty dollars to get in for Game. That sounds silly. But I wanted to be there. And then I didn't want to be there. And I wasn't going to be there. Because um, it's, it's just it's such a long day. Like, I had to leave. For game six, I had to leave work early. I had to get to the ballpark two and a half hours before the game. If I wanted to get a good seat inside the stadium. Because it's, I mean, it filled up, you know, 20,000 people probably for game six. Probably more for Game 7. It was, you know, not an empty seat from out of the seats that were allotted to, to viewers. So I really didn't want to go through it again for Game 7. Mm -hmm. It was a long day. It was a long night. Well, and so I wasn't going to go, but my cousin, who I saw the game, who I saw Game 6 with as well, texted me and said, man, you need to come out. You need to come out. Like, let's celebrate. Let's watch this game. And I said, okay. So I got there in the third inning. We were already up three or five to nothing, I believe. I don't even remember what the score was. <clears throat> and I'm so glad I went, man. It was just electric in that building. It was electric in the streets after. Mm -hmm. It was a night we'll, we should never forget. Um, you know, guys like me and you, who worked there for so long, we worked there for eight, nine years. How you worked there from <clears throat> what? 2016 to or uh, 2006 to 2013. And I was there from 06 to 2015. 
Yeah. <coughs> My last game there was actually the game they won, I think, game three. Yeah, game three against the Royals in the ALDS, which was amazing. The loudest I've ever heard the stadium <laughs> until, you know, the World Series came around. Well, I went to game three, uh, the game three home game here at Minute Maid. Uh, for the World Series, that was incredible as well. Um, I went to so many, I actually went to a bunch of playoff games this year. I didn't. <coughs> I said, "What the heck? Like, I'm gonna spend. Why not? Yeah, you just know? burn through that credit." Did you see the story yeah. of the dude that uh, basically maxed out all his credit cards going to all the uh, World Series game and pe- and people? Uh, no, look, it was. I can't remember. It was. Uh, Channel 13 or ABC or um, CBS, they tweeted out and they were like, oh, what do you think about this? And I was like, that guy has memories and experience that he'll never forget for the rest of his life. Who cares about a couple of maxed out credit cards? <laughs> I mean, he'll be able to tell his kids and his grandkids that he saw the Astros, you know, come back in game two. Yeah. He saw, you know, the... Um, one of the greatest World Series game ever in Game Five, and he got to be out there in LA when they they clinched the title. Yeah. I mean, well, what's a? He'll be able to pay off that. I'm saying he'll be able to pay off that debt in a couple of years with those memories. Stay with him for how much is maxed out though? Did they say? Uh, no, I didn't click on the story. I was just I didn't read the entire story. I just saw the headline. It's like, for me, it doesn't matter if it's, you know, fifteen. Hundred or fifteen thousand, you'll be able to see. You remember that for the rest of your life. Nobody can ever take that away from you, <laughs> unless you know a certain president starts World War Three with North Korea. But we'll see how that goes. We'll see. Hey, at so least we, happy. That at we, least we won before it happened. Thank you. We. I was so worried that like game <coughs> one would start. And Kershaw would throw the first pitch, and the next thing you know, the television feed would go out. <laughs> we're saying we're at war now with the North Koreans. Or anybody at this yeah. point. Um, it was. It's just 2017 was just the most magical year in this team's history. Mm-hmm. I mean, so okay, so we, the Houston Astros beat the LA Dodgers five to one, game seven. Beat the LA Dodgers four to three in a game seven games uh, seven game series to win the World Series. You guys know all that stuff. Game was game five. <coughs> Out of all the sporting events, ball games, whatever, ball games, fights I've seen, especially fights tonight, mm-hmm. which me and DQ will be talking about in episode eighty-seven of the Q and A podcast, UFC two seventeen, including tonight. Out of all the fights I've seen in my life. Baseball games, football games, basketball games, soccer matches, whatever, hockey games. Game five of the World Series, 2017 World Series, was without a doubt the best sporting event I've ever seen in my life. I've never gone through so many highs and lows in a single sporting event in my entire life. It was just unbelievable. (laughs) There's only one game for me that surpassed it, and that's uh, Mike Fires' no-hitter. Against these very same Dodgers, <laughs> really? Ago. Yeah, no hitter always takes the cake. But sure. Watching this uh, game five, just the drama of you go down um, with your best pitcher on the mound and, and Keiko, and then those guys came back against Kershaw, and then the Dodgers kept fighting back, and you're just watching this like the, the entire the entire game, just watching like I can't even go to bed because there's no way there's no way I can go to I'd go to sleep because even if I'm, my team is down two, three runs, we can make it up in the next inning. Which is what Dodgers fans were saying in the ninth when they when you know they got the Yusel uh, week uh, home run. Oh man! And then how did they score? I don't remember how they scored a run after that. But I know McCann hit a home run. Yeah. Um, McCann hit a home run that kept the game going. Really, really kept the. Kept the lead to three runs, and then they wound up tying that. So had he not hit that home run, they would have taken the lead. And then in the bottom of what was the 11th is when 
Who got on base? Was it McCann that got on base? They put Derek Fisher uh, as a pinch runner at second. Bregman comes up, gets the base hit, and Fisher scores the game-winning run. Mm -hmm. The win expectancy chart on Fangrass for that game is a freaking Astro World roller coaster. <laughs> All right, look at this. Good lord. It's like uh, go down to the Dodgers, and then as soon as Altuve hits the home run, it goes back up to 50%. Um, that game was insane. Greatest, greatest sporting event I've ever watched mm-hmm. in my life. And, and I was, it just, oh gosh. If the only thing that could top. That was just the final out of Game 7, of us winning the actual <coughs> World Series. But this, this entire season, 2017, was just, again, the most magical year in this city's history. And this, mm-hmm. this, out of all the sports teams for this city, this was the most magical year. Because we got off to such a hot start. It was just unbelievable how good this team was the first, what, three months of the season? And you start to wonder, how can they, is there any way that they can keep this momentum? There's no way, no, you think, there's no way they can keep this momentum going. Scoring as many runs as they did, hitting as well as they did. Uh, Keuchel going 9-0, and bouncing back from a disastrous 2016. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> McCullers pitching like an all-star. You know, finally putting it together. And then Keigel gets hurt. McCullers gets hurt. The rotation is in shambles, essentially. It's Mike Fires and the Pips. And they held it together. <laughs> they held it together. The team didn't really fall off. The pitching wasn't that bad. <clears throat> and we were still in first place. We still had a large lead in the, in the Western Division of the American League. We were still hitting, scoring runs. And then August hit. We didn't make a splashy deal at the deadline, the July 31st deadline. Mm-hmm. We did get uh, Liriano, which, you know, at that point it was just the bullpen had been used, had been taxed so much mm-hmm. up to that point that we needed a guy in the bullpen that could be another long reliever like Davinsky, uh, like uh Either Peacock or uh, or Fires, and it wound up being Fires because Peacock was so good during the in the rotation. <clears throat> and then August hit, and the team finally the wheels started to unravel in August. August was a very rough year, a very rough month for the season. It was the worst month of the season, and you're thinking, man, ugh, this is the worst time for them to stop hitting, the pitching to, you know. Be on the downturn. Keiko came back and he wasn't the same right away. Yeah. McCullers came back and then went back and then left again. He got hurt again and was inconsistent down the stretch. McHugh came back and was not very consistent. Um, well, no, he was good, just not very good. Mm-hmm. Um, we needed. We, it would have been nice to get a better version of McHugh down the stretch than we got. It was still good enough, but it would have eased, I think, the minds of everybody. <clears throat> and then, at the end of the month, I mean, the city, you know, and that's always going to be a talking point for this year, for this, you know, for the baseball team, for the, you know, you know, the baseball fans in Houston. But that last week of, of August was the worst the city has ever seen. Not, and I'm not even talking about sports, and we're talking about Ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was the worst natural disaster the city of Houston has ever seen, has ever witnessed, has ever encountered. 51 inches of rain. An incredibly devastating hurricane that people are still, you know, three months later, people are still trying to bounce back from. Yes, there are parts <clears throat> of Houston that still have not recovered, and to be honest, it may not Probably recover. Won't. Right. And then. <clears throat> And so the team had been struggling (coughs) even during that last week, and especially during that last week, because even though it's just a game, even though it's just sports, you know, even though these guys get paid a lot of money to play these games, these guys are still human too. They still have families and friends that 
were affected and live in Houston and you know they have to worry about and they can't be there you know you know thankfully we didn't have any or you know I wasn't I didn't have anybody that was severely affected you know nobody in my well one cousin was was severely affected um, but he's got a big support system you know beyond just me but you know other than that there wasn't anything else that I was that impacted me so it's not like I had to worry, you know, a, a, a ton. I didn't have to worry too much about anything because, you know, my home was okay. My family's, most of my family's homes were okay. <clears throat> Same here. Yeah, but, and even, but even millionaire professional athletes probably have someone that was affected, whether it was here in Houston or in Puerto Rico or in Florida or in California for the wildfires. You just never know. And, you know, just because they play a game doesn't mean that they're not human either and can't experience those emotions. And because they play a game, because they, they have to be on the road, they can't be there for those people. <clears throat> so it was a rough month. I mean, the team stunk. The disasters were going on left and right. Mm -hmm. And then August 31st, what, with a minute to spare, we pull off couple seconds to spare apparently yeah uh, you, we, you listen to uh, Justin Verlander tell it we pull off the the trade of, of this team's history acquired Justin Verlander from the Detroit Tigers and we've talked about this in other episodes for not a whole lot I mean <clears throat> we didn't give up our we didn't have to give up our two best prospects and we still didn't give up a lot of prospects in general. It wasn't a big haul that we sent to Detroit. Mm -hmm. We sent, what, three players in total? Yes. A guy like that, you would think has to take, get at least, you know, would, you'd ask for at least four or five prospects. So, and the guy was dominant. I mean, from the very get-go, <laughs> it was just un... It was, Unbelievable. Unbelievable is the only word that I can that I feel like using to describe everything. The guy pitched out of his mind going nine and one the rest of the year. Right? Nine and one? Yes, we only lost one game. His last game that he pitched game six in the in the World Series. But and that was basically two bad pitches he threw. He basically threw bad threw two bad pitches in that game, <clears throat> which were just home which were home runs. So, for us to and then for us to have to go through Boston, which Boston over the last fifteen years has become a playoff team, the world champion, you know, former world champions. They have guys that are that were on the team during their world title runs. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's not like a whole brand new Boston team. You know, you still have Pedroia on the team, and uh, <clears throat> actually, it might be just Pedroia. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, he's an important part of that team. He's a fixture on that team. That you know, he he knows how to spread the, you know, the the experience on to the to these guys. To have to have to face Boston and beat them in four games. To be taken to the limit by the New York Yankees in the American League Championship Series, beat them four to three, and then go seven games with with the Los Angeles Dodgers in the World Series, just incredible, unbelievable, um, unforgettable, and by all accounts, one of the best World Series uh, matchups ever. Forget seven games; it was back and forth, and. <clears throat> This team had everything, has everything, pitching and hitting and defense. And, well, maybe not everything. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> going through the Red Sox, Yankees, and Dodgers, those three teams combined have a total of 40 World Series trophies. Uh, I told I told you earlier, it was like going through MLB's Golden Boys. We were, <laughs> right. we, 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 it's like uh, you were fighting the bouncers to get in the club. We were getting in there one way or another. <laughs> Come hooker by crook, we were getting in there. And also, okay, <coughs> so those three teams are named. Can you, you want to guess where they rank in um, MLB payroll in 2017? 
One, two, three. You're right. Red Sox were three. Yankees were two. Dodgers number one. Wow. Unbelievable. So, so not only did we we really did beat the Golden Boys. We beat the three richest teams on the way to our first championship. Yeah. Where's our payroll rank? Fifteenth. As of 2017. Modest amount. A modest uh, standing. That'll go up next year because we've got Verlander for two years at $28 million a year, which yeah, but the, is worth it. The Tigers are paying $8 million a year, so. Okay, so yeah, that's not, man, that's not bad at all. And then we lose the $16 million <coughs> that, we're, that we're playing uh, Beltron. Right. Do you think he gets resigned? Mm-hmm. Do you think he comes back to Houston? I think he retires. He's got his ring. What else is he got? Ring. And to be honest with you, with all the um, the guys that the Astros have on the team and in the minors, they really need to free up that DH spot. Evan Gaddis can DH every day now. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you need to switch to put Brian McCann. Give him a day off. Give him a day off. And you, um, Derek Fisher, he needs some place to play. Mm-hmm. Unless he's trading the offseason, give DH him or have him out in the outfield. So, it's they're one of those, It's going to be a crazy off season for them because they have so much talent on the minor and major league level. I wouldn't be surprised to see them trade to either um, help the bullpen or the starting rotation. Maybe put McHugh in the bullpen. So, mm-hmm. that's always the question that every team, every championship team, you know, I guess faces. And, it, you know, we've talked about it, but it's really never mattered until now because I mean, it's our team. It's a, uh, the team that we root for. Mm-hmm. So it really matters to us. But <clears throat> how much tinkering can you do with to, you know, I mean, you're, never, you're not guaranteed to be champions next year. I mean, as much as you want. As you're much not as guaranteed want. nothing in life. You're not. <clears throat> but how much can we afford to tinker with this to, to tinker with what got us to where we are now, to where the team is now, you know. <clears throat> you know, obviously, Beltron, you know, was here for one year and so did, didn't produce, <clears throat> So here you know, are your uh, free agents from the Houston Astros. Uh, let's see, Carlos Beltran, I believe retiring. Uh, Francisco Liriano, you bring him back? I guess not. Uh, Luke Gregerson? I've never liked him. Never? Never. Oh, okay. Uh, Tyler Clipper? He wasn't even on the postseason roster. No, he was not. And Cameron Maven? He got everybody, millions of people, Doritos Locos tacos. I mean, how do you not bring that guy back? Sign the man, Mr. Crane. No, but... Sign (laughs) the man. But honestly, I, I, I think about that guy because... As soon as he got to Houston, he got he got traded just before September as well. He had a he hit as soon as he got here. You know, is not a power hitter, is not known for hitting. He's more of a base stealer, he gets on base. But he hit like three home runs in his first week with the Astros after being traded from what the Angels. Yes. And he stole bit, you know, he gets on base and he steals bases. Um <clears throat> he's a good center field defense replacement. He could be a good bench guy. So, do you let that guy go? So right now in the outfield you have sorry, you have Springer, Reddick, and Gonzalez. Yeah. And then you have Fisher. And then in the minors you always have um, you have the Tucker brothers. Preston and Kyle. And I'm sure there's some other minor league guys <laughs> I'm forgetting right now. Um, I was, my guess is he's expendable. He's expendable. I think Fisher gets that spot. Okay. I I can see that. I mean, Fisher was a part of the team mm-hmm. in the playoffs. He got to experience the the emotion scored the game winning run in game, game five. Six, game, game six. Game oh, five. game five. You're right. We lost game, game five. Six. That's right. Game game five. <clears throat> um, 
Okay, so I mean, it's, yeah, so he wouldn't be foreign to the whole concept of this team. So, Maven, Beltron, Gregerson, even Liriano. So you could let you you would be like as much or as little impact as they actually had during the whole season, mm. compared to what they were paid, compared to what they've done in the past. Sure, okay, it sounds easy to let those guys go, but, you know, do they have just enough intangible to uh, to alter the chemistry of the team? You know, is, is that a risk you take as well? Hold on one second. I'm trying to do the math on how much those five guys I named got paid last year. $50 million. Oof. Okay, well, I guess... Easier, <laughs> closer to fifty-one million dollars. Okay, Beltran so. made sixteen. Uh, Liriano made thirteen million. Luke Gregerson six point two five. Tyler Clippard six point one five. Cameron Miller <coughs> nine million. And they're all in their thirties, right? Mm, yeah. So Maybe I guess the youngest at thirty. Yeah. So I guess fifty million dollars for five over thirty player over the age of thirty players. I guess it's. I guess it is an easy call. I guess it's an easy decision. Um, I see how Liriano made that money. Get paid, young man. Get paid. I think it was his deal that he signed with Pittsburgh, and then he got traded to Toronto. That guaranteed him all that money. But, okay. So, I guess the math speaks for itself, you know, it, it makes that decision easier for the team, I guess, you know, and considering $50 million for players that didn't play like $50 million players, or a group of $50 million players. Uh, <clears throat> so what do you do next year then? What? And then you... I won't stay on your arm for a second. So you're right. He got that uh, big deal with Pittsburgh, three years, thirty-nine million dollars. Yeah. Back in two thousand, after the two thousand fourteen season, every year he played with a different team. Two thousand fifteen, he was with the Buc Buccos. Two thousand sixteen, he was with the Blue Jays, and of course this year with the Astros. Yeah. That is amazing. It's playing right. hot potato with all that money. All right. So what was your question? I'm sorry. So what what does this team do to ensure or to that what does this team do to give us the best chance to repeat? So the first uh, job should be to upgrade the bullpen, without a doubt. And that was one of the biggest problems throughout the year, and it, especially during the uh, the playoffs, you could tell uh, AJ Hinch really had no one he could trust in the bullpen. Yeah. That's why in Game Seven, Morton came out and pitched. How many is he pitched? Three, I think three and a third. Three and a third. Yeah. So the bullpen would be my first upgrade. And then if you have, you know what? While we're doing, let me look up and see free agents. Give me a moment. Sure. He was in free agency. Now, do you stick with Giles as your closer? Yes. It depends. I want to see how he, um, if he bounces back in spring training. Right. How he handles having lost his job at the very, very end. Mm -hmm. So if he can do that, then um, I definitely would uh, keep him as a closer. But I'll also be worried and be uh, have Will uh, Harris. Stand at the ready. Baby-faced assassin. I'm telling you. I've been calling him that for years now. I'll take your word for it. And, of course, <laughs> my computer is acting so. So talk. Talk real quick while I look before. Yeah, I mean, the, relief the bullpen is definitely has to be the focus. <clears throat> um, I mean, do, you know, yeah, I guess... It just depends on who's available. Otherwise, you go and make a trade, you know, for a, a top level closer. Um, or do you and do you make Giles the eighth inning guy now? Or you know, there's <clears throat> it's 
it's kind of weird to say that we need to improve the bullpen. It's just um, because you're right. It's really about finding guys that are trustworthy. Not so much dominant, but trustworthy. Guys that you know can get the job done. Ooh, boy. All right, I finally got there. Do you want – this is like all pitchers. Do you want to – you're ready to go down a list of free agent, free agent pitchers? Sure. Uh, this list is going by the salary that they made in 2017 in declining order. So, CC Zabathia. Okay. Um, I think he's going back to New York, so I don't think that matters. All right, uh, moving on. Jeremy Hellickson. Yeah. Remember when he was good? He was rookie of the year. Really? I believe so with the Tampa Bay Rays. Or he was either rookie of the year or runner-up a few years ago. He was good. Moving on. Annabelle Sanchez. Annabelle Sanchez, sorry. Who is 33? Yeah, he's been around for a while. He was playing with the Florida Marlins. Let's put it that way. Oh, God. Time keeps on ticking. So that's a no to him. Um, John Lackey. Nah, I don't like him. Jake Arrieta. If you want to pony up the money, if you want to get into a bidding war with the Cubs, because I, I wouldn't be surprised if they offered him. I wouldn't know. be surprised if uh, the Dodgers went, didn't go after them. Um, you, I mean, bottom line, you'll, you'll be in a bidding war for that mm-hmm. guy with at least the Cubs, and now you're saying the Dodgers probably. So yeah, we already talked about Liriano, Waldo <coughs> um, Jimenez. Nah, he's, he's too old, too. Matt Garza. Nah. Ricky Nolasco. Wow, no. Uh, Hisashi Irakuma. Nah. Sneaky old. He's 36. Yeah, he played in Japan for yeah. years. Um, Giovanni Gallardo. No. Chris Tillman. Maybe. Uh, let's go. Hugh Darvish. Nope. He's going to... Andrew yeah. Kashner, Houston Street, <coughs> Hector Santiago. I'm just going real quick. Um, Lance Lynn. Jesus Christ. So you're going to have to make a trade. Jesus, Jesus. This is bad. Fast. So you basically have to make a trade for a, a bullpen guy. Unless you want to get someone on the cheap. Right? Unless you like, if you want to go the Charlie Morton route and see if you can find a guy and you know, like a Ricky Nolasco. Yeah. Oof. Man, I tell you, this is going to be a terrible free agent um, period for r- pitchers. Hold on. Let's go to the hitters. You ready? Okay. Again, going by uh, decline, uh, salary to that uh, 2017. Jose Bautista. Okay. Jason Worth. Ooh. Neil Walker, uh-huh. Andre Ethier, Carlos Beltran, I spoke of, Curtis uh, Granderson, Melky Cabrera, Matt Holliday, Eric Hosmer, Brandon Phillips, Miguel Montero. Stop me when you hear a guy that you actually want on your team. Uh, Todd Frazier, Carlos Gomez, Ryan Howard. Damn, we got 10 million this year. What the hell's going on? People get paid. Howie Kendrick, JD Martinez. Okay. If you can get him, All right. why not? I named one guy. <laughs> and I, you you picked one guy, and I've named about 20 people. <laughs> Gee, we might see a very active trade. Um, off-season. Yeah, trading off-season as soon as the winter hit, meetings winter meetings hit. Yeah. Because you look through the free agency, and there is a lot of old guys out here trying to get paid. It, is, it gets terrible fast. <clears throat> Good luck with that. So then, that that does give us a good chance then to with to repeat with what we've got as well, you know, because how many teams are going to get better based on what's available, what's out there? Well, I know they're going, you know, trades. You have a big market team like L.A. trying to, you know, I wouldn't say fleece, but basically trade like say, um. God, I was going to say Tampa Bay Rays, but the only guy I can name is Evan Longoria, and you have Turner. Why do you need Longoria? Right. But uh, you, we were talking about uh, Jake Arrieta. So I'm on Sport, what's it called? Sport Track, and basically uh, they're giving me all the free agency. They also 
do their best to estimate future deals. Mm -hmm. And so Jake Arietta, base, let's see, after applying their numbers, they believe that he's going to get a contract in the area of five years, $130 million. <coughs> wow. And he's what, 31? He, 32? I passed out. Yes, he's 31. Oh, Ooh, thank you. The days of overpaying for old pitchers are still not gone, huh? Mm -mm. They're still alive and kicking. I mean, the Astros are going to be paying for uh, Justin Verlander for a while. Sure. But that was a that's a trade. They didn't. They you know obviously they wouldn't want to have to pay that money. If they Twenty eight million over two years. Yeah. Doesn't matter. You got the ring. <clears throat> but um, I don't like I, for me the Astros' main competition for the next couple of years is going to be the Red Sox, the Yankees, and the Indians. Right. All of whom gave us fits. Yes. This year, postseason and regular season. Yeah. Hey, that makes for exciting baseball, that's mm -hmm. for sure. Very much so. Uh, anything else? How do you like our chances oh. going into next year? I love them. I think they're still going to win the division again. Because yes. I don't okay. think any other team comes close to the, a talent that, the young talent they have. Um <coughs> The team I'm most worried about would have to be the Yankees just because... They can hit. Well, not just that. They have the payroll to pay for anything. Right. Um, and they hit. Especially if CC comes back at a discounted rate and they go after... Um, what's the guy's name? The Japanese pitcher who's supposed to be coming in and coming over, Otani? Yeah. Um, now, I know money doesn't matter to him because they have... What's it called? Basically, everybody can only offer so much money to him. I forget what the term is, so it won't matter. Won't matter as far as you know trying to sign him. But you know they'll go. They can. If you have, a, if you're a small market team, like say, I'm just throwing out like the Twins, and you're trying to get rid of Joe Mauer <laughs> contract or something like that, then the Yankees will give you a call. You know, if Joe Mauer was still any good, right? Um, that's the team I'm most worried about. In the AL, at least. I'm most wor I'm worried about them. Uh, for some reason, the Red Sox don't scare me at all. Sure. No, I, I agree. I mean, the offense is good. The pitching is can be. I, I don't know. That pitching is not guaranteed. Price got hurt a lot during the year. Mm -hmm. Was in the bullpen a lot at the Paid end of the year. Paid him $30 million to be a, the the secret weapon. Hey, guys, he can't be a secret weapon if everybody knows about him. Okay, Joe Buck? I got so sick and tired of you. Oh, here comes their secret weapon. Yeah, no. That didn't, that didn't work out so great for them. And I don't know why. I feel like the Indians are going to slip. That's only if that pitching slips. Kluber and Carrasco put together... Some good season, the consecutive seasons. Where I don't know, they might be. Uh, they might their pitching should be set up for a while, yeah. But I've you know the offense. The offense is not good enough yet. Even though they did give us fits during the regular season, it was just mostly the pitching that did it. <clears throat> Last year, Cleveland's payroll. Was a hundred and thirty-nine million dollars. Wow. I never thought I'd see a day where <laughs> Cleveland's payroll was over a hundred million. Especially after watching Major League. Jeez, I'm going down. There were only five teams this year that had a payroll under a hundred million. You want to guess them? Um, uh, Milwaukee. Nope. Under one hundred million. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right, Milwaukee. Came in at 30th, uh, 83 million. Cincinnati? Cincinnati was 24th, so nope. Oh, wow. Uh, These are all terrible teams. <coughs> Tampa? Yep, Tampa, 27. 92 million. Philadelphia? Mm, nope. 116. San Diego? Yep, 91. <coughs> um, I'm going to go with the 
Let me know the rest. Uh, the Oakland, Oakland Athletics, eighty-five million, and Chicago White Sox, ninety-four million. Wow, they're getting better though. They actually could be pretty good next year. Those young players, those young pitchers they got in trades come together. Um, so bullpen, mm-hmm. and really don't need to tinker with the the offense too much, you know, unless you bring in guys from the minors, bring up guys from yeah. the minors. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely excited for next season already. I'm definitely optimistic about the team. I just want to, you know, you know, you just always want to make sure that the the small or the the most ins- insignificant seeming deals, uh, you know, just want to make sure that they're, they don't wind up being, you know, significant, mm-hmm. you know, so, somebody let go or somebody trade or whatever, you know, <clears throat> so, but hey, man, we're champions now, champions going into next mm-hmm. year, we got to get it done and, you know, it's exciting, I mean, this team, the nucleus of guys that we have are so exciting and so uh, uh, so united, like you, they really make you feel like they're all buddies and, and friends that hang out and count on each other. And they do. I mean, on the field in the clubhouse, they definitely count count on each other. Mm-hmm. But you know, they they act like a, a, a group of guys that have been friends for many many years. So that's that's really awesome to see. Um, and very gives you hope, you know, going into next year. Yeah, I agree, Phil. Um, I told you earlier the uh, writer who predicted the Astros would win the World Series back in 2014. He predicted them to win again next year. So, I'm I'm riding with that guy yeah, all the way. He's, he's my favorite writer. <laughs> I wish I remember his name. Uh, he writes for Sports Illustrated. But uh, I, he's my friend. If he comes to Houston, I'll buy him a beer anytime. He's not going to have to pay for drinks mm-hmm. in Houston for a good long time. Mm-hmm. All right. So we talked about the highs of the highs. <laughs> it's time to talk about the lows of the lows. Woo, man. Just when you thought it was getting good in yeah. the NFL. Just when you thought, you know. The Texans weren't done with the losses of J.J. Watt and... Whitley Merciless. Whitley Merciless on the defensive side. Just when you thought, okay, well, maybe this team will still be good enough for the playoffs. Nope. <laughs> They're done. Uh, came out, what was Thursday. that? Thursday. Deshaun Watson tore his ACL in practice. Season's over. Not only for him, but for Houston, the Houston Texans franchise and their fans. <clears throat> yeah. Um... It's devastating. The guy exceeded my expectations right away. Just because of the offensive line. The offensive line was so shaky in those first two games mm-hmm. that I thought, man, you guys are crazy for letting this guy step on the field any at this point in the season. This season. Um, but his athleticism was good enough to overcompensate the deficiencies on the offensive line. He was good enough to run for his life. That's good enough happened. to run for his life. It became obvious in the first game that Tom Savage is a statue in the pocket. And when your <coughs> offensive line is basically five turnstiles, that's not what you want. Yeah. So Watson was able to make plays with his feet, uh, keep plays alive, um, especially against the, the game against uh, New England and this last game against uh, Seattle. Basically, willing the team to almost victory by itself. Yeah, it wasn't for his coach being freaking conservative at the worst times. <laughs> I'm gonna get the ball back to Super Bowl winning quarterbacks with two minutes left and see how that works out for me. Here's a hit, Bill O'Brien. It works out shitty, man. Shitty. I mean, the guy almost beat New England. The guy almost at New England. At New England, the guy almost beat Seattle. At Seattle, Super Bowl winning teams. Yes, if only he wasn't hamstrung by his coach. 
So you you're thinking, man, sure we lost those games and we lost a stinker to to uh, Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Hey, we're still in good shape. Mm-hmm. I mean, we still have the weapons to beat just about anybody. <clears throat> and now that's out the window. Like that's you know, forget it, forget all of it. Play. For, we're playing for next year at this point. But how much do you play for next year? Not by much. Um, like no, no, no. Because their first round and second round pick belong to Cleveland. Oh, that's right. I remember, if I remember correctly, the first round pick is for the Deshaun right. Watson trade, and the second round was is for the um, what's his name, Brock Osweiler, aka the American Dream. That's right. Wow. Trade all of a sudden looking awful. I mean, yeah, it looks awful now because he got hurt, but there was no one whining about that first round pick. After the start Deshaun Watson uh, had, and there was no one whining about that second round pick getting rid of uh, Brock Osweiler. True, it just looks bad now. <coughs> Watson won't be able to won't be playing. You don't have those it's picks. A, yeah, it's just it's the worst of of it's the worst situation that you could possibly plan for. Yep. So basically, the Texans are going into uh, tomorrow's game <coughs> with Tom Macho Man Savage as a starter. I believe T.J. Yates will be backing him up, and their third uh, QB would be Matt McGloin. Matt McGloin. We're gonna lose every game. Aren't we? We're what three and four right now? Yeah, let me check the schedule to see. I really well, played. I think we uh, believe they play the Colts this year, so we might have. A I mean, not this year, this week. I'm sorry. So we might have a chance to win a game from this point down the stretch. <clears throat> so okay, let's say your first pick of next year's draft is in the third round. Mm-hmm. You have a quarterback that's coming off of a devastating injury. You have two defensive linemen who are, or two defensive ends, I guess. Defensive ends. Sure. Watt and Merciless. Sure. Who are coming back from devastating injuries? You have a linebacker in Brian Cushing who is probably gone after this year unless he's under contract. Well, no, because they could cut him still because of Cushing, because of his stupidity. <clears throat> yeah, I believe I said on Twitter that he would not be back next year. Uh, let me check his contract real quick. So you have devastating injuries on both sides of the ball. And you're not guaranteed that any of those players are going to come back and be as effective as they were before the injuries. So Cushing has two <coughs> two more years. How much guaranteed? Money. Uh, looks like if they if they if they release him after this season, they'll have a cap hit of one point two million dollars. So he's gone. You can let that go. So, what do you do? Third, if your first pick is in the third round, what are you looking for? I'm looking for line help. Offensive? I'm looking for the offensive line. Okay. Because he's going to be the franchise quarterback for the next 10, 15 years. You need to do everything you can to keep him safe. Right. They just traded away Dwayne Brown. Dwayne Brown. Uh, to Seattle, it's yeah. gonna be awesome. Fly out there for a game. You don't even have to come back. You just stay there. Uh, but they just trade him away, and their offensive line, while it has played better the p- past three games, is still patchwork. Right. Uh, let's so go, uh, let's go to the schedule. You ready? Sure. <clears throat> so they're three and four right now. At home tomorrow. Yep. All right. So I'm going to go through. You tell me win or loss. You ready? At home Sunday. Home against the Colts. Who am I going with? Tell me the win or lose. Win or lose. Uh, Man. Lose. Lose. Um, at Los Angeles. The Rams. Lose. Uh, home for Arizona. Win. 
At Baltimore, lose. At Tennessee, win. Uh, at San Francisco, lose. Really? Yeah. All right. I like Garoppolo. I mean, he's going to have a few weeks under his belt to get used to that offense. Have you seen that offense? Hey, he's supposed to be, you know, he was supposed to be Tom Brady's heir. The yeah. guy they held on longer than any of the we other heard, previous heirs. We heard the same thing about Brock Osweiler being Peyton Manning heir and see how that worked out. Yeah, but they held well, on to him longer than any of the other at, heirs. At Jacksonville. <sighs> Lose. Uh, home for Pittsburgh. Lose. And at Indianapolis. Uh, win. So you basically got them going three and six for the rest of the season? Uh, maybe, yeah. Which would put them at what? Six and ten. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, San Francisco game is home. Um, <coughs> so... I'm probably going yeah, seven and nine. Home versus Indianapolis. When? At the Los Angeles uh, Chargers. Rams. Rams. Loss. At home, or home against Arizona. Win. At Baltimore. Loss. At Tennessee. Loss. Home against San Francisco. Win. At Jacksonville. Loss. Home against Pittsburgh. Loss. At Indianapolis. Let me change that. I say they win against Baltimore and then lose at, at, at Indianapolis. So I'm I'm going seven and nine. Seven and nine. Okay. <clears throat> Four and five down the stretch. Man, that's still. I guess it's uh, good enough to not completely uh, give Cleveland a fantastic pick. Yes, yeah, it's somewhere in the middle. 10 to 15 range. I mean, they're not going to completely shit the bed, but yeah, <laughs> it's going to be such a downer. Yeah. So, okay. Mm -hmm. We've discussed all that. Yeah. You know, we kind of know where this all stands. Um, especially, I mean, just with quarterback, it's going to be, it's going to be probably oh, a nightmare. Yeah, and if you have, if you're, if you have Will Fuller or uh, DeAndre Hopkins on your fantasy team, might be a good time to get rid of them. You want to trade DeAndre? I'll trade you. No, because you kill crappy trade. Yeah, I'll make it. I'll, I'll fix it. Um, okay, so we've talked about that. Let's talk about the Dwayne Brown trade. I mean, how does it look for us now with the recent events, with the loss of Watson? Playing hindsight game. Um, I'm still fine with it. I mean, you get two second round picks and a third, I believe. This is for next year? Uh, you're making me have to Google again. Let me look it up. <coughs> we traded Dwayne Brown yeah, to Seattle, the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, there was a, a complication with the trade. There we go. So it's Brown and Houston's uh, 2018 fifth round pick in exchange for the Seahawks' 2018 third rounder and their 2019 second round pick. Okay. Uh, I feel so much better <laughs> Watson was played. Um, and we got players as well. Like, are they going to be any impact? Nope. This year. We ain't getting no players. Oh, I thought we got... I thought we did. Jared Lane failed his physical. That's right. That's right. they had to upgrade the uh, the picks package. Oh, okay. Okay. So it was Brown for picks. Mm-hmm. Brown and a pick for picks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So there is no impact this year outside of Dwayne Brown leaving. You know, there is no so there's really no upside for the rest of the year <laughs> regarding this trade. Okay. 
So yeah, there's no. It's it's over. It's done. I hope we're. I always hope I'm wrong when these situations occur. But you know, I'm just gonna say what I what I think, and I think it's done. Yep. On to 2018. Yep. More free time on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> well, you know, keep my taking my son to the park and going to visit his grandmother. So, <laughs> there you go. You know, good times. Good times for him, not good times for me. Marie, take two of anywhere. It's terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. So, I mean, what else what is there to talk about? I wanted to talk about the Houston Press. Okay. So, if you haven't heard, uh, the Houston Press is basically they're ceasing print publication. Mm-hmm. While they'll still be online. They will no longer be in, what are those things called? You can open up to get the newspapers. Uh, I don't know what the actual name is, but. I'm going to call them bin. You will no longer have little bins of reach in. And well, the, the ba- they have baskets. Yeah, you. it's going to be online only. Uh, Which, I mean, admittedly, I remember for many years I would pick up a copy. Mm-hmm. And I was at work. I was downtown somewhere or anywhere. I, you know, if I was getting coffee somewhere, I'd pick up a copy and I'd read. Yeah. I enjoyed reading, yeah, through thumbing through it and reading different things. Yeah. So basically, all the editors, their writers, were fired. Um, for now on, everything that's on the website will be provided by freelance writers. I mean, yeah. It's it's a for me it's a huge blow because I believe. I'm one of the last like millennials that enjoy reading the the newspaper, having the paper in my hand. Everything is now on the internet. <coughs> uh, so my son, he has a tablet. So I like I look at him play with tablets sometimes. Like you are may never know. <laughs> it's like to have ink on your fingers. Yeah. And um, it's been around for twenty eight years. And what happened is technology is kill is killing the newspaper game. Unless your team wins the world championship, yes, you get a you get a reprieve for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Your yeah. your sales go up for a couple of days. You get to survive. They go up. The, they go through the roof for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. My parents picked up two copies, two or three copies of the championship paper. Oh, really? Yeah, the Chronicle. My grandmother has one because she has a subscription, so. Real quick, sidebar. Do you have, did you buy the copy of the Sports Illustrated issue from June 30th, 2014? With the Springer cover? Yeah. Yes, it's somewhere at home. You have a copy. It's You're sitting on like $1,000. It's somewhere at home. I was going to buy the uh, Sports Illustrated was selling the copy like a framed. Yeah. So I was going to buy one, but it's like, it's like $80. Yeah, but you're sitting on like $1,000. I don't know where it is though. You should find it. And at least frame that. Oh. So, man, yeah, obviously everybody wishes they had bought that Mm -hmm. issue back then. So, okay, so back to the the press. uh, Uh, I mean, it's it's unfortunate because slowly but surely they're going to be phasing out. They'll be phased out, imagine. I mean, it was happening to them already (coughs) because the editor-in-chief had Post a letter about why they're closing down and what happened, and basically, Hurricane Harvey just <laughs> knocked them out. Yeah, because of the businesses that were paying for advertising in the newspaper had to worry about their own their own dealing, their own businesses rebuilding after the hurricane. That ad revenue that was going to Houston Press dried up. And so, basically, their parent company came down and said, you guys are making any money. We can't keep, we basically can't keep you guys employed if nothing's coming in. Right. Parent company being yeah. the Village Voice. Yes. Um, luckily, they were able, to, they're able to continue on as a um, digital, digital, on a digital, a digital platform. platform. But it's just. It's sad to see all those people get fired yeah. over basically a natural disaster. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's tragic. 
and you know, like I said, it's it's gonna, you know, the press will probably slowly but surely fade out or be phased out, um, because even the digital medium probably they will probably won't they won't sustain you know the way uh, bigger media outlets do, mm-hmm. and you know. For the longest time, it's been like, okay, well, the Chronicle's been the only game in town since the Houston Post closed back in the 90s. So then I guess I think it was the 90s. And then you had the Houston Press, like you said, for 28 years, which has been have been going strong for 28 years. And you've got Free Press Houston right now, which is steadily growing, I feel like. Um, they... You know, they are making a big, pre- they're making their presence felt in the city, for sure. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but at the end of the day, I mean, it's still a Chronicle town. It's still a Houston Chronicle town. Mm-hmm. And that's sad. I mean, that's sad that still the fourth largest city in the country has only one major newspaper publication. It's only one media publication, you know. <clears throat> Los Angeles has multiple outlets. New York has a crazy amount of outlets. In Houston, we've just got, you know... The Chronicle. The Chronicle. So, man, it's a... Uh, it's always a bummer to see any kind of industry um, make way for the rise in technology. Well, you know, obviously... Excuse me, advances in technology and in media and, and communication is, is very important for our future. Um, you know, we we see casualties of war essentially, <clears throat> and uh, maybe it's naive to to feel this kind of remorse for something like that, mm-hmm. um, but. That's how I feel. I, mean, that's, I think that's kind of how you feel, just because you wanted to talk about this. You wanted to talk about this. You're the one that brought the, uh, or told me about the story, which I hadn't heard, you know. So obviously it, it means something to you as well. And um, so, it, yeah, if it's important for you to talk about, then yeah, we've got to talk about it. And we have to, um, we really have to let people know how we feel about it. Whether Whether our feelings are, Right or wrong or naive or whatever, that's how you feel. And and I it's just it's just sad to see good people, good hardworking people lose their jobs. Um, especially like I feel what's wrong with like a connection to writers, especially ones that I enjoy. When I, f- I find a writer I enjoy and I stick with them, like uh, one of my favorite writers ever was a uh, Richard Justice. Right. I uh, used to write for the Houston Chronicle for many years. I moved on to MLB. And it's like when you find someone that that basically their writing speaks to you and even if you disagree with it, you can understand it and it's like a pers it's like a personal connection to this person. And I just feel terrible for these writers that lost their jobs and a newspaper that's been basically a part of Houston for almost my entire life. Yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. And now it's gone into the into the internet ether, and technology comes for us all. The you know time comes for us all, and just another example of how we're grow, we're all getting older, and things are going to change. And you know, I've said this before, change isn't a bad thing. It's just a thing that happens. Right. And I'm, I'm hoping that the, um, the Houston Press can continue on, on in this new digital platform and um, hopefully they'll be able to continue some of the award-winning writing that they had before. Well said. Very well said. I try sometimes. R.I.P. Houston Press. R.I.P. <laughs> not, uh, not yet. R.I.P. New uh, Paper. Print version. Yeah, print version. (laughs) Yeah. 
All right, man. We are over an hour. Got anything else? That's all I've got. We uh, start on a very on the highest of high notes, like you said, and yeah, we finished with a bummer. But <clears throat> you know, at the end of the day, there's still a lot to look forward to in the city, mm-hmm. um, and you know, it's um, as long as there's something good to look forward to, we'll you'll get through whatever's whatever is uh, you can get through whatever is is maybe against you or, or bothering you yes and let's not forget the Rockets are doing well that's a good let's, start let's, yeah they're off to a good start even Chris though Chris Paul is injured they're off to a great start with uh, wait Chris Paul's injured yeah he's, shocker oh <laughs> wow uh, I'm, I'm trying to bring people back up damn it <laughs> I Chris wasn't Paul, trying to <laughs> Rockets are doing great um Texas tickets should go down because no one's going to go. Maybe and I'll go to a game this yeah, year. Most importantly, the Astros are world fucking champions. Woo! That's all we got to say about that. He's Anthony. I'm DeQuincy. Later, babies. <laughs>